Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, then please do not continue to listen until after you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. So, this week we will be covering The Meg, which is based off of The Meg book, which on my screen is inverted, so sorry for those looking at the video. But yeah, it's like, you can see the Meg nom-nomming on the the T-Rex. It's just, oh my god, so great. Tea. What you drinking? Yes, so for tea, I am drinking... It's a call it's a caramel and apple tea but look at this packaging it's so cute It was like you just like tear up the part of the teas in there but it's so adorable yeah I found it at this Asian market I'm like not only does that sound delicious but it's a cat and it's so adorable Yeah they had uh, they have like multiple flavors and um, all of the cats on the box are like different kinds. It's just all oh, this is why I love like Asian products in general, because they just it just hits your soul. I know, know. they just oh. <laughs> they found the sucker. Yes. Uh, what all is in that D? Um, that's a good question. Oh, OK. It says, uh. Kaelin tea leaf and artificial flavor. I'm not familiar with. Uh, it's a C E Y L O N. Cylon. Cylon. I'm not familiar with that type of tea. Nope. Hopefully, <laughs> it's not one of those medicinal teas that like messes up your body. But I guess we're gonna find out. We'll find out. So I am drinking off blacks uh, fruit tea. It's called Brighten Up. It's forest fruits and ginger. So this one has hibiscus, apple pieces, ginger, rosehip, uh, flavorings, blackberry leaves, black currant leaves, uh, raspberry pieces, and then it says no BS, <laughs> which I appreciate. <laughs> yes. So this group of scientists are exploring the Mariana Trench. And they go down in it and they find that that there's a lot of creatures that they haven't seen in the surface. And anyways, one of those creatures is the the Neglodon. And it attacks the submarine and they have to like go and save them. But because a submarine, like essentially they explain that there's like this layer that's separating the cold ocean with like the hot. Yeah. So like essentially the, before the barrier, it deterred the sharks from wanting to go up on the surface, but then the, that breaking the barrier allowed them to break through and then they wreak havoc and, and action movie. (laughs) so for entertainment this movie well a quick caveat since this is based off of a book 
If you guys like this movie, you're going to love the book because like right off the bat in the book, I really am sad that they didn't include this in the movie, but I understand that they did uh, the reason why they didn't. But in the book, in the very beginning, this T-Rex is chasing these two, I forgot what kind of dinosaurs there were, these two, the long neck type of dinosaurs. I know there's like multiple kinds. But uh, they're like going into the water and the T-Rex is like, oh, nom, 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 I'm going to eat you. And then. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah. He's yelling that at them. And the then the Meg shows up and the Meg like purposely targets the t-rex and just like eats the t-rex and it's just so like epic and over the top it's just ah, i love it it's like uh almost like a godzilla film but in book form and unfortunately i haven't read the full book i've gotten only about halfway through i really wish i would have finished it but um but yeah i know it's uh, we have day jobs, guys, so we can't always read the things that we like to in a timely manner. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. So. But yeah, this is just a really fun movie. It's pretty entertaining. And it's kind of your typical action movie. But they have a lot of characters that you love. Like the main character... The main um, female character, I should know her name, but I don't. And then, like, the kid, her kid. Oh, my God, so adorable. Like, there's so many characters that stick out that you love. And, yeah, so honestly, for me, this would be a 7.5. And the reason being is I'm not, like, a huge action movie fan. But this is an action movie that I will actually actively watch and enjoy. But it's not a movie that... It's like, if I had to choose between Jaws, Jaws 2, you know, 47 meters down, it's not going to be my first choice. That's really funny. Actually, I was going to give it a 7.5 as well. <laughs> for entertainment. <laughs> That's funny. I, I actually really like this movie. I find it very, very fun yeah. to watch. And... It's got interesting characters. I love the little girl, Mei Ying. She is the most adorable thing ever <laughs> in this movie. And it's great. She's so savage. I love it. Mm-hmm. But it's got some suspense moments. And it's got some jump scares here and there because, you know, shark. But it is. it does tend to be more of an action movie than a horror movie. So... Mm-hmm. I can't give it full marks for it. And again, as always, realism brings down the scale for me a little bit. But it is a very, very entertaining movie. Definitely worth a watch. And one thing that's interesting to note, I haven't finished the book. So as far as the ending goes, I don't know how it compares to the movie. But there are a lot of similarities between the book and the movie there's just a few scenes in the the movie that they left out for pacing and timer constraints, but found her name, Suyin. Ah, thank that's you. The main chick's name. And uh, but what one thing that's really uh, an interesting change that they made, but we know the reason for it is in the Meg book, 
the the scientists that he's the main character is working with they're actually Japanese, but in the movie they're all Chinese. Well, except for one person, Toshi, I think. Yes, Toshi. Yeah, Toshi. Yeah, but he sacrifices himself pretty early in the movie. But so, but the reason why I think they made the change is because for those who don't know. China is quickly becoming the target audience for Hollywood movies. Like, America was a huge piece for decades and decades, obviously, because, I mean, we were really thought of as the frontier for films. But now China, they are now growing their own film industry, and it's really starting to boom. And they're, you know, we all know there's a lot of people in China, so there's a lot of money for these movie companies to to be made. So they're trying to adhere to both American audiences as well as Chinese audiences to create a happy middle. But what's cool, though, is uh, Su Yin... Her real name is Lee Bingbing. Yes. But she is a very well-known actress in China. And she's won a bunch of awards. Um, It said since 2011, she's been in uh, several English uh, films. So very, very interesting career, uh, I have to say, for her. And she's won, like... Yeah, I'm super impressed. And I was reading one of her interviews and she was actually commenting that she loved the idea of um, the American and Chinese film industries kind of like joining forces in some films. And I'm like, that is pretty cool because you get to, I don't know, see two different sides of the coin. And I don't know, it's just, it's pretty neat. Gets an extra representation too. Yes, absolutely. And it it brought a little something to the table, too. It was it was really well made for sure. And the scenery was gorgeous. Yeah, the the CG in this movie is pretty, pretty nice. Uh, I love how ridiculous some of the scenes were. By far, my favorite, most ridiculous scene is when the shark is in. I forgot what the name of the beach is, but it's like the one of the busiest beaches in the world like there's always tons and tons of people and so they filmed the shark going through and like disrupting all the people and fun fact because for some reason I know a lot about this movie (laughs) Uh, they initially were going to have the shark come and start like eating people and creating a lot of like blood and gore but they wanted to keep it pg-13 so they ended up just making the shark swim around and not really do anything. <laughs> so just cause general chaos. Yeah. Though he did eat someone in one of the balls. Oh yes, that's right. That was kind of funny though. How fun would it be? <laughs> much blood. Yeah. It's like you just like see it pop and then you see the thing like kind of fly and then that's it. You don't see any blood or gore or anything much further than that. It is a pretty For what it is, it's a pretty tame movie. It is. Yeah. It is very tame. Most of what you see gore-wise is either from this whale that they blew up mostly and that the shark eats or the shark itself when it gets killed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the that scene whenever it dies at the end and all of the sharks come and eat it. Like, that's pretty intense. <laughs> Not going to lie. Just, ah. 
That was a statement scene right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of difficult because this, really the only thing that makes this film special is the fact that it's got a Megalodon in it. Because really the only other Megalodon movies that I've seen in the past have been like sci-fi originals, which we all know how those are. So this was like the first decent quality film film that I've seen that has a Megalodon in it but besides that it's like if it was any other creature it's like you can easily swap them out um but I'm it would have been really interesting as a giant squid not gonna lie yeah yeah but so it's like really what what has this movie going for it isn't necessarily like the storyline is pretty interesting and it's kind of like Jurassic Park where the logic seems pretty sound um, and then the characters are interesting you are rooting for them um, you enjoy the the chemistry that they have with the other actors um, but I don't know there's not really anything besides that that makes the movie stick yeah I do like a lot of the interactions between the characters and the character development itself, for the most part, seems fairly fleshed out. There are a couple of characters that you're like, who are you again? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Job again. What What's your area of expertise? A lot of them, a, a couple of members in particular, just seem like they're just there. Yeah. For commentary here and there. Yeah. But... Most of them, you can tell, you remember what they do, why they're there, and you're really rooting for all of them. There's very few characters in the movie that you're like, please kill him next. <laughs> Except maybe the billionaire dude. And that's mostly just because he's an idiot. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't really have anything left on the entertainment. Um I, since I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to harp on you guys who read the books. I'm just going to say it one last time. If you guys like this movie, you should read the book because it's even better. But anyways. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and move to the realism scale. Yes. And so for realism, man, I really wish... I had because we've reviewed Jurassic Park, haven't we? Oh yeah. Okay. I really wish I remembered what I rated the realism because this movie really is very comparable as far as realism goes for me. Um, but but off oh. thinking offhand. Hmm. Now I can't remember. Have we done actual Jurassic Park? I know we did the book. Oh, maybe we didn't. Maybe yeah. I think we just reviewed the book. Yeah, random plug, guys. If you go to our YouTube channel under our live videos, we used to review horror books, and Jurassic Park was one of them. But we ended up replacing that with our monthly video games because we didn't have time to read. But if you guys continue to support us and we're able to, uh, you know, make this podcast thing a little bit more of a part-time to full-time job then uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll start being able to do that again but anyways um 
Okay, so I would give this movie a five. And the reason being is it is one of the things where, like, whenever they explain it, you're like, oh, my, like, that logic sounds sound. It sounds like good science. But then uh, if you, even if you Google, like, the Meg and what did I... I think I did, like, the Meg fact check or something like that. But anyways, a a Vulture article popped up, and they had interviewed uh, multiple uh, scientists in that field. And there were quite a few scenes that they're like, yeah, there's no possibility. Like, the the biggest thing that, you know, makes the movie possible is the fact that, is it possible that the Megalodon could still exist? And the scientists are like, no, we are 110% that the Meg has been extinct for at least 3 million years at this point. Like, it doesn't matter. I know so, even nowadays, there's theories on like, oh, it's, uh, I think this is a part of the reason where the book popped up, where it's like, oh, they're hiding in the trench, they're in super deep in the sea. But no, like the areas we can't reach. Yeah, it's like, first of all, unfortunately, the Megalodon is not, isn't made to go that deep in the water. And, and, but the biggest reason why it went extinct is its main food source. I mean, it's kind of like the dinosaurs where there's multiple reasons why it went extinct, um, like the oxygen levels and stuff like that. But the biggest thing, um, from what I've read, um, is it, its food source started to go extinct. So if uh, if it can't eat, it's not going to live, <laughs> unfortunately. And these things, as huge as they were, they need a lot to eat. And frequently. Like, at least every couple of days or so. So if they get a small meal here and there of, like, a small whale... <laughs> Here and there, that's only going to hold them for like a day, maybe two. It's and not hold them very long at all. Mm-hmm. And I know this isn't just the uh, sci-fi movies exaggerating. I've heard some exaggerated claims about the Meg, but for those who don't know, um, and from what I recall off of memory, I know for sure that the Meg had a six-foot... Bite. How do you, how, how, yeah, how wide it could bite was six feet. So it could, it can swallow a person in whole. That wouldn't be a problem for it. But I know, like, I heard statistics that was like up to 90 feet long. They're like, no, it's probably closer to 60, which is still a very, very large animal. And I would not be a happy camper if I saw that anywhere near me. No, <laughs> or knew it existed and re- uh, still today, but yeah, not it's not ninety feet. Sorry to disappoint, but that is it. I feel like it's fun though to yeah to imagine, but it's like those fish tales. Every time you tell that story, it's gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> What's well, almost kind of like Jaws, where in the movie they exaggerated how big the oh, shark yeah. actually was. It's like. Absolutely. It's like Jaws been in real life where they're like, oh, the Meg can get, like, huge. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. That's not how this yeah. works. <laughs> Unfortunately. But. Yeah, no. So, but it 
can only an animal can only survive if it's got plenty of territory and enough food to sustain it. So if it were that big, <laughs> there wouldn't be near enough territory to sustain any kind of sizable population for it. Not even counting how much food it would take to sustain those. Yeah. Just one. So, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the only other thing to note before we move on to you is I felt like the the character chemistry seemed organic and they seemed realistic. Like some of the comedy, even though you can know you can tell it was comedy, it just felt felt like if these characters were really in real life, then it would be how they would truly um, tease each other and stuff like that and. It did feel yeah. genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, I don't know how they picked people that were just like, had such good chemistry with each other. It's like, you can feel it. Like these people, like, I, I bet whenever the cameras weren't rolling, they're still talking to each other as if they were like friends. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure at least a couple of them were busting each other's chops all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but what would you rate this? Okay, so I wasn't quite as generous. I give it a four. The shark, even setting aside the the belief that it's out there and everything, if we acknowledge that we're not going to discount that, that it exists currently, and that this scenario could happen, it still doesn't act as sharks should act. So it's, it seems very spiteful or vindictive every now and then. Um, almost as much as the shark in Jaws 2. Almost. Not quite. Almost. Yeah. But if it's, if it's swimming at like hovering for one, and staring at a little girl, which it can't actually see because its eyes are on the sides of its head. <laughs> then it decides finally to bite the tube that she's in underwater. That's not how sharks act. They can't hover. They have to keep swimming or they die. It can't just sit there and serial killer stare at a little girl. <laughs> wondering, hmm, should I take a bite or not? And it, again, wouldn't have been able to see her anyway. Yeah. Then when it's swimming around trying to find more prey, I can see it breaching to jump up to grab the other smaller megalodon. I can see that, especially since it's, like, dripping mass amounts of blood into the water <laughs> while it's hanging there. I, I can get that. But I don't see... It then being really hungry afterwards, that was a huge shark. Yes, it's smaller than the one that just ate it, but that's a lot of shark for the new one to eat. Yeah. It would not still be hungry. So for it to swim immediately to a heavily populated beach doesn't really make that much sense to me. Then when it gets to the beach, again, I know, I know they were trying to keep the rating as PG-13, but it would have eaten everything. Everything. 
Uh, all the things. There would have been the whole area, the whole bay that they were in would have been red. <laughs> blood everywhere. Those that didn't get swallowed whole. There would be blood everywhere. That'd really make it a horror movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I was a little disappointed that they didn't. I get it. I know they were trying to market it more as an action movie. I, I get it. Do better. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, the film industry is very much plagued with, uh, we must keep it PG-13. Like, there are so many movies are afraid to go to R. Which I understand it limits their audience, but it still, it sucks because they lose their potential. I get it. <sighs> Just do it. Grow a backbone and do it. <laughs> but worked out also, for Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> I love Deadpool. Anyway, <laughs> so while it's in the midst of its reign of chaos and anarchy in the beach area, it's heading straight for this group of people that decided that their best course of action is to stay in a tight little pod area and not move. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem movement. And he's heading right for them. And then at that moment, because movie magic, they drop in this speaker underground or underwater speaker thing that's playing whale noises to basically ask it out to dinner. <laughs> it's advertising takeout to go. And it decides instead of eating the thing that's a sure thing right in front of it. Oh, nope, I'm going to go and find where that noise is coming from so I can hunt it down and eat it, which takes a lot more energy and effort and time and is not a sure thing, but okay. In addition, one of the biggest things that I had an issue with in this movie is Jonas was fired or suspended, one of the two. He left. For whatever reason. Because they deemed him unfit. Mm, yeah. And said that he had deprivation sickness. And that's why he made the call he did. But he was evaluated from a doctor. That was also in the same situation. And was upset. That some of the people that he knew. Some of the friends that he had. Were still in that submarine. That they were trying to evacuate. And he, that makes him way too close to the situation yeah. and not objective in the least. So I'm sorry, but they would not have had him evaluate Jonas ever. And plus, I don't normally have medical doctors evaluate someone's mental state. Normally have like a psychologist or psychiatrist. Yeah. They can evaluate you physically if you're physically fit for duty. But mentally, they would have someone, some third-party objective psychiatrist or psychologist evaluate you and say yes or no, they're fine. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> yeah. But for everything else, the, the other interactions seem pretty legitimate. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like the doctor was so unfair to Jonas because it's like literally... They push off 
And then, like, a few seconds later, it blows. And he's like, you could have saved more people. It's like, are you kidding? Like, he... Yeah. He already cut it super close. Max. Yeah. To the point where I doubt that they would have actually been able to get to a safe enough distance. In all realistic terms. In fairness. But... If they were still attached, they would have all died. Yeah. So it legitimately was, he was upset with the whole situation and was afraid that that he was right, basically. And yeah. that they couldn't be saved. Yeah. I admit it. That's yeah. my guess. Yeah, I uh, was not too upset when he died. Yeah. Because I feel like he was just cr- shitting on Jonas the whole time. He was. Yeah. He was. And I get that they want to have some kind of tension in there and they want to keep reminding the audience of what happened and the calls that he had to make. And they wanted to make it a point of saying a couple of times that it's not necessarily about the people you didn't save. It's about the ones that you did. And he was trying to say that in the beginning when the doctor who shouldn't have been evaluating him was evaluating him. He's like, okay, yeah. We couldn't save them, but I saved 11 people, including you. Mm-hmm. Does that count for nothing? Yeah. it It's a hard thing to accept, and it does suck that you can't always save everyone. But what about the ones that you did bring back to their families? Yeah. So, so that's what I have here. Do you have anything else? No. No, talk about the doctor put me in a bad mood. <laughs> We had a very long rant. Like, we paused and ranted for a good bit, guys. Like, I don't know why he gets in my... I think it's because I feel like Jonas is already so traumatized by letting people die in the first place. And then he has someone that's just, like, shoving his face further into his own guilt. Just, like, not cool, man. Not cool. He, He has some PTSD, survivor's guilt... And it's when you're in a position like that, it is insanely hard to make those kind of calls. Yeah. It's never a good situation. And it's like a bad call or a worse call are your options. So it sucks and it really wears on someone's psyche. Yeah. So for the doctor to just make it that much worse, he's a jerk. Put it that way. But that's all I got. So you don't have anything else apart from hiccups? No, and I'm afraid to say much else because I might start hiccuping more. All right. Well, let us know what you guys thought of this movie. Did you like it? Did you hate it? What would you do differently with this movie? What would you change about this movie? Did you think the same things we did? Let us know in the comments below if you want us to watch and review any other kind of movie or any other shark movie or anything, please let us know that as well. And in the meantime, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye.